0: Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Yarniax podcast. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. We're gonna to jump right in with what are you wearing, Charlene?
1: And I wanted to say our recording date is Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot May that. 15th. 15th. It's okay. Tuesday, May 15th, 2012. <laughs> thank you for helping me out there. I thought it was the 15th. I wrote I it down. Sure. I just forgot to, to speak aloud. <laughs> so what am I wearing? Let's jump right in. I am wearing a sweater from Spring 2003 Knitty magazine called Sitcom Chic by Bon Marie Burns and I have to say this is one of my staple summer sweaters because I throw it on over everything it's in a neutral color an off-white undyed cotton and I throw it on over anything and it's super and cute it looks it has that casual it's very casual it. and it's been thrown in the machine it's been worn a lot <laughs> and every summer I pull this sweater out and I've actually knit it twice although the first one that I knit has been ripped out and is now something else but that's another story but this one <clears throat> excuse me has just been worn so much and washed that whenever I pull it out, I always think I should make another one because it's a go-to sweater, and I really should make. I I would like to have a darker one. Well, I'm gonna reach across and feel Maybe it. This will oh, be the it's year. so soft. Okay, so, so the that's yarn, like cotton that's been worn and worn and worn and worn.
0: So yeah, so it's just the softest ever.
1: Well, and the yarn is known for its softness. It's a hundred percent cotton yarn, and it's called. Pacucho Organic Cotton. And it's undyed, organic, and it feels really similar to the Blue Skies Organic Cotton. But this is a thinner gauge. Ah. And it's not mercerized. So I think oh. cotton that has not been mercerized mm-hmm. is much softer. Right, right. Because mercerization... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The process. Kind of p- Mercerized cotton, to me, doesn't feel as soft. and It's and, kind of slipperier, too. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. The, shinier the and... process to mercerize cotton makes it shiny, glossy, kind of like silk in look. And let's see. Why do they mercerize? I think they do it because it's, a, it's supposed to help protect it against mildew. Oh. And then it's dyed more easily. If it's oh, been because mercurized. of that process. So you'll see a lot of the cottons and the really bright, bright colors have been mercerized. And these kind of cottons, the colors are always more neutral, like or not neutral, but not as bright. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I,
0: I would love to have a cotton summer sweater. Yeah. And I keep. Browsing stalking yarns, but I dislike knitting. With I know cotton. you like, yeah, so, but I know I'm just gonna have like to suck it. it up
1: and knit one because I would wear it all the time. This, if I I do remember, it's not as pleasant as knitting with wool because it doesn't have that give Elasticity to, it, to it, right? But it really is soft, it really is, even right off the skein. Oh, okay. So see, that's that's already a step
0: in the right direction for me to want to do it because I knit a sitcom chic sweater as well. Mm -hmm. That was probably what six years ago, Mm -hmm. five years ago, Mm -hmm. and I used a cotton that stretched so much. I tried everything I could do to shrink that baby back down, and nothing I did it was nitpicks. Swish, no, um, they're super popular cotton.
1: Okay. Yarn, I don't know. What and it, it was mercerized.
0: Or... Oh, okay. I chose black because I thought I needed a black sweater to right. wear every day. Ended up gifting it to my mother because it didn't fit me. And it's even huge on her, I'm sure. But she mm-hmm. of course just was delighted to have a sweater right. that I had right. knit, So it worked
1: <laughs> for everybody. Right. But, and yes, it's a very cute sweater. I really like it. And I keep thinking I would like to have a darker colour. A dark dark blue. That looks or good a black. on you. Though. Oh thank you. I'm yeah. just multi-purpose it would go with everything yeah it does it does i just don't often wear this color so it's it's always a bit of a switch when summertime comes Mm -hmm. and then i reach for this sort of color but i do like it sam always nervous about light colors because i don't (laughs)
0: trust myself with any light color that's exactly it i think i have that feeling too oh no i'm gonna spill on it not like i ever really eat or drink anything that would stain oh, a strawberry i would take a bite of a, a fresh strawberry, strawberry and drop a, it right on my sweater
1: i could have tea or coffee yep would stain exactly. it easily <laughs> i don't know i do throw it in the washing machine though and it's one of those sweaters that seems pretty indestructible well it's super cute and it's a very simple if i remember it's a raglan construction mm-hmm. and it just
0: has a very cute eyelet stripe around uh, several inches above the bust that goes across the yoke and across the upper part of the
1: shoulders and yeah. the sleeves and yeah. across the back. So I can tell you a little bit about the pattern. It is written by bon Marie Burns. I don't think I mentioned that earlier. Yeah, you did. Oh, they did? Sheep okay. knits, right? Yes. Yeah. And there are 350 projects on Ravelry for you to peruse in all different kinds of yarns, too. There's a lot of different yarns used. And it is knit bottom up. Oh, I forgot so that back and forth. The body is knit back and forth and then, let's see, there's no seam, so the sleeves are knit in the round and then joined at the yoke. So you knit your bottom up to where the sleeves join and then you have your sleeves separately and you attach everything into one piece and the yoke and then you decrease, decrease, decrease to the neckline. So pretty, basic raglan construction, lots of decreasing. When you attach the sleeves and the body all together, it feels like you have a million stitches on your needles all at once. <laughs> and, it, and you start decreasing right away, but I, that point where you attach everything, you just think, oh my so gosh, many so many stitches. Because sure, when you're knitting top down, well, it's you and I have the same
0: conversation yes. every time we do a yes. bottom up sweater yes. because <laughs> it does seem as if, oh my gosh, there are so many stitches, but it's the same number of stitches you it's would have. It's the same if number of stitches. Top down.
1: But when you go top down, you're adding increases. them in gradually. So it doesn't feel as bad. But when you go bottom up, you're adding in all those sleeve stitches all at once. So it feels like a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, but it's really fun. I, there are some really fun color combinations on the pattern page on Ravelry. Somebody has done a pink one with black outline that looks kind of Chanel-esque. There's different y- lots of different yarns used. It's it's worth perusing and taking a look just because it's a really fun, like I said, easy sweater to throw on over everything. Yeah, multipurpose. Yeah. It's a good staple. Yeah.
0: And it would be a good advanced beginner to intermediate level pattern wouldn't you definitely well no it was the first sweat second sweater i ever knit
1: i i think it's a fairly basic basic sweater i think a beginner that's true could master it you need to be able to do left and right leaning decreases yarn overs for the eyelets but those Um, are all pretty simple techniques increases when you do the sleeves Course, your, ribbing start
0: ribbing at the... the bottom and the cuffs.
1: Yeah, so it's
0: a very easy sweater. Yeah. I
1: highly recommend the pattern. I will probably knit one again. Yeah, I think I will five too. or six years <laughs> <laughs> if I can ever figure out what yarn to use. I would like another. So, Gail, what are you wearing? I am wearing a new FO. <laughs> I am wearing my Freya cardigan,
0: which I am just in love with. I really, you guys, you hear me gush over every single new finished object <laughs> that I have. Well, this is another one. It's the one that I spoke of last our last episode where I striped colors that I wouldn't typically use. So, there is a warm gray, a burgundy-ish color called Dahlia, and a bright emerald green called Malachite. And it's just... Lovely. The yarn base is pashmina from Madeline Tosh, and it's so soft. It was such an easy, fun knit. It's a v-neck cardigan that buttons up the front. It was a bottom-up construction. So just like Charlene just described mm-hmm. for sitcom chic, it's the same exact mm-hmm. construction. Basically, the same skills would be required for this sweater, except no eyelet row. So you don't need yarn overs. And there is a picked up button band that goes up the front, around the back, and down the opposite side. Mm-hmm. So you would need to know how to pick up stitches and how to do buttonholes. But the pattern is so well written. That pattern is by Andrea Black, also known as Lacuna on Ravelry. She provided excellent pattern support. The only question that I asked her was regarding the ratio of picked up stitches for the button mm-hmm. band. Do I pick up two out of three, three out of four, four out of five, etc.? And she just was really helpful and friendly along the way because it is Mad May. It's the Madeline mm-hmm. Knit Along Month. And she is a moderator in one of the groups I'm participating oh, okay. in. And she's a frequent uh, poster in one of the mm-hmm. other ones. So it's okay. been great to have her chatting along with me as I knit it. And she's just a great cheerleader. So, so love it.
1: So with the stripes. Oh, so yeah, that's the other technique. Because well, there that's are stripes, what I was going to ask changing colors. Did you on the body carry yes. or uh, actually why don't you tell me did you carry the yarn or so what i did is i did carry the yarn
0: for the body which is knit back and forth and i carried the yarn up one side so If I turn it inside out and you look at the button band, which I'm showing to Charlene right now, you can see that I carried the yarn up the front of that side. It doesn't add any bulk to the button band. I was concerned about that, but Uh, it adds zero bulk. Yeah,
1: in fact, when I've switched yarns, skeins of yarns, when I worked with two yarns, the Malabrigo Pearl 10 Mm -hmm. on my Rocky Coast cardigan, similarly, I carried that up on the inside of the band.
0: Yeah, so you end up with the yarn strands coming all the way up the sweater from the bottom up so that when you change colors, you don't have to cut the yarn right. and then weave in all of those ends, which would be painful in right. my opinion. <laughs> but see, the button, you don't even notice it because no, of not the button all. band. Not at all. Yeah. And the sleeves, because they're knit in the round, what I did is I also carried the yarn and wrapped them as floats so that they weren't loose inside the sleeve of my sweater, if that makes sense. So if I spread the the stitches apart at the seam, you can see where the yarn is carried. I'm demonstrating to Charlene as I speak. But in general, when you're just wearing it, you can't really see those little bits of yarn. You can see them poke through a little bit, but that's pretty much the underside
1: of your arm, so people don't really notice it. So I don't want to put you on the spot here, but what technique did you use for the striping?
0: I don't, you didn't oh, have... jogless stripe, yeah. yes, okay, so my jogless stripe was from, um, Tech Knitter has a really good jogless stripe tutorial, and there was another one, Uni Jang has a oh, YouTube okay. video from Knitting Daily that Andrea said, watch this if you need any help, I've done jogless stripes on my coastal hoodie, and I did the same yarn carrying technique on the sleeves of my coastal hoodie, so I wasn't, this wasn't a new technique for me, but, um, Definitely check that out for jog stripes so that you don't get that weird barber pulling right, effect if right. you don't like that. So that's what I'm wearing, an FL that I love. It's super soft. It's wonderful. I have to go buy buttons for it as soon as we're done recording. And, beautiful. and then I'll block it, and then and I then can pictures. post pictures. So by the time this airs, I guarantee – oops, my notebook almost fell. I will have pictures. So what have you been stalking the last two weeks, Charlene?
1: Not much. Gail and I were just saying that neither of us – I've been stalking much. Our stalking Mojos at an all time low. Our stalking mojo is low. I've just been Well, I've been knitting
0: more You've than been I've knitting been stalking, more.
1: which I'm happy to say. I've been reading <laughs> a book. <laughs> I don't know. Other distractions in life. Other distractions, yeah. We have a friend who has had to have some surgery and there's just been some distractions. So, two of my friends. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been going through some medical issues, not our own, not locally. our own, yeah. But it's still, it's you know, supporting takes a toll friends. on you, yeah, yes. yeah,
0: emotionally and
1: time wise. Yeah. So one thing I have been stalking, and I we've talked about this before, is the cabled iPad sleeve. Woo
0: woo woo! I've got to give a little cheer here because I gave my grandfather his cabled ipad sleeve this weekend and he opened it at our mother's day party and he said oh you knit me a hat and i said no it's not a hat so i once he identified what it was he was just thrilled and he was so cute because he kept saying oh you must have worked so hard on this oh (laughs) this is so impressive oh you knit so well and it was all i could do not to say actually that was so fast and easy but of course i didn't disenchant him
1: well that's the thing. It is a really nice pattern that looks looks more complicated than it is. It's yeah. got a little cable twist running up both sides, the front and the back. And it, I think it'll be a fun knit, and I think it'll be a quick knit. It was both. And I just haven't gotten there yet. I've been reading the pattern, and I've just been pondering the cast on, because you had talked about doing... A different cast-on to give it a little bit more bulk at the bottom. So I've just been thinking about that too. All I did was a regular
0: long tail Mm cast-on, and then I seamed the bottom with like a Kitchener stitch. I don't Mm -hmm. remember what I did, Mm -hmm. but that did give it more structure at the
1: bottom, Mm -hmm. so it didn't stretch, and more padding for the iPad itself. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been thinking about it. I don't know how I'm gonna do it. I, I, at first, I thought I was gonna line it, and I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> then it would do some of it
0: stretch, though? That's true. That's because true. when he held it up after my grandfather unwrapped it, it looked so wrong for an <laughs> iPad, and I said, "Don't worry, it does. It'll fit. Yeah, it stretches, and yeah. he was stretching it, saying, yeah. Oh, yes, I can see that.' Yeah, yeah. And Charlene was talking about some yarn that she has that she was trying to decide, oh, should I need a hat or a cowl or maybe an iPad sleeve? And I said, well, honestly, aren't you going to use an iPad sleeve
1: more than you would a hat or a cowl anyways? And that's exactly it, you know, because I have this skein of Madeleine Tosh DK twist. And my question specifically to Gail was, oh, maybe the yarn is too good to use for (laughs) an iPad sleeve. And then she had that comment, well, if you use it every day... Maybe it's more worthy yeah. for the iPad sleeve than the hat that I'm not going to wear until next fall. So, And then it would just be one of many hats that right. doesn't get much wear because right. you have so many to choose right. from. So the DK twist is going to become the iPad sleeve.
0: Yay! Yay! I love that pattern. Free
1: pattern. <laughs> Great pattern. Free pattern on Ravelry, and we'll put a link to it. And let's see. For that pattern... Okay, we mentioned... The Judy's Magic cast on. Oh, and skills you need. For skills, you need to be able to do a little bit of cabling. I think it's only two stitches. So you could do it with or without a cable needle. They call it a cross.
0: I learned to cable without a needle on that pattern. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, I've always been
0: really nervous about that technique, but she gives instructions on how to do it or a link to it or something and
1: I really enjoyed it. Yeah, so if you want a tiny project maybe to practice cabling without a cable needle, this might be a good practice project or even just a good stitch to look at to try practicing on a swatch. Yep. But other than that, let's see the cross, knit, purl, and then the bind off, and then you make a buttonhole. So one, I did two
0: buttonholes because I wanted it to have a more firm clothing closing
1: instead of the one on mm-hmm. the pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's lots of options. You can change a lot around on that pattern, too. And then the other pattern that I have been stocking is a fairly popular one on Ravelry right now. It's called TGV, and it is a... Little Shawlette by Susan Ashcroft and it's written for uh, it says approximately 100 grams of sock yarn But I have seen it knit up in worsted weight a dk weight and you just change the pattern a little bit to make it however big you want and it is really cute. It's one of those patterns that I have seen on Ravelry. I don't know how many projects there are, but there are a lot of projects and have seen the pictures, but when I saw the product made up in person, in person it made all the difference. Suddenly it was, oh, that's so cute. What is that pattern? Oh, I've seen that pattern. But the picture on the pattern not is the most not flattering. as compelling for right. me. Yeah. Let's say it that way. It's just not com- as compelling. <laughs> and is that mostly garter stitch with a ribbed ruffle? It's border? garter stitch with a knit two, pearl two rib. Yes. Well, it
0: looks like it's a good pattern for any variegated yarn because it would really it show probably, off yeah. the variegation yeah. with the garter stitch. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, and she, it looks like it would be cushy. It is. Yeah. It is. Somebody had made it. Debbie? Debbie made it. In the Anzula yarn, oh, I don't know which <laughs> I, I must on myself. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember which weight she used if she did use the fingering sock yarn, she might have been the one who made it in a worsted weight, and then she changed up the pattern a little bit, but she made it so that she only had to use one skein and very attractive, cute little pattern good way to use a nice one skein a single skein that you, skein have, that in your you stash. have, yeah, yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. Super pretty. So what are you stalking? I am stalking the Lighthouse Keeper's Wife, which is a cardigan, hooded cardigan, and the designer's name is Melissa Schwarzeri, Dandelion Girl Designs on Ravelry, and Charlene and I went back and forth on this pattern about a month ago. <laughs> we both we were did. like, oh, we must knit it right away. Oh, I don't know if I'd use it. Oh, we must knit it right away and Saturday we were out running errands for one of our friends we mentioned before, and we had to stop by the local yarn store and also the local Beverly's Fabrics, and I was standing there in the acrylic yarn aisle, and <laughs> I knit the cabled iPad sleeve for my grandfather out of Red Heart soft acrylic yarn. And I remember actually enjoying knitting with it because mm-hmm. it's not a horribly gross acrylic feeling yarn. And I was saying to Charlene, you know what I should do I should knit the lighthouse keeper's wife in this acrylic yarn as a test to one see how well I like the pattern you know if it's an acrylic yarn I haven't used a small fortune in yarn stash And two if it's an, an acrylic yarn maybe I'll actually wear the sweater enough to justify the knitting time because I don't know about y'all who are listening I have the horrible tendency to knit beautiful sweaters that then sit in my closet because I'm too concerned about wearing them and wearing them and snagging them or staining them or otherwise ruining them, especially like my daily stuff. I go to the gym every day. I do certain things every day where I don't want to wear a precious hand knit sweater. But if it's an acrylic yarn, (laughs) maybe I will. Something that you can throw in the wash. Exactly. So that is high on my list of next knitting projects. Um, I have a bad habit of snagging my projects. The coastal hoodie, the first day I ever wore it to visit Charlene, I snagged it, and I was just disgusted with myself (laughs) that I could have managed to do that. So I've snagged several other projects that I've knit, so that's one of my top bad things that I do to my projects is snag them.
1: you know, it brings up kind of a side discussion that we had, and I'm in this mode right now so that's why I'm mentioning it but for some reason I just don't want to knit with anything too precious Mm -hmm. right now I want I don't know why but I want to have some casual products that I'm not so concerned have to be equal to the yarn or equal to the amount that I spent on the yarn. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Like you were saying, okay, if you spend a small fortune on making the sweater, then yeah, it's it's probably not the sweater that I'm going to throw on and wear to the gym. Whereas this sweater that I'm wearing right now, the one that I made out of the cotton yarn, I wear it so much and I can... Do you wear it to the gym? I don't wear it to okay. the gym. Mostly See, because there's I like that don't line wear, yeah, yeah, the sweaty yeah, gym. I and... don't I don't wear usually sweaters to the gym. But I would perhaps wear that lighthouse keeper one. Well, I've been going to yoga once or twice a week and I keep thinking
0: I should have a sweater that I can wear to yoga. And actually I do have a couple sweaters that I do wear to yoga. See, so so, I, I really, for all the sweaters I knit, I should have a sweater (laughs) that I can wear to yoga and not be worried about setting it down on my yoga mat and ew, getting cooties on it. Yeah.
1: Well, (laughs) I, I just, I think there's a lot to be said for having that kind of sweater. I mean, it's, great to knit sweaters with precious yarn that you dearly love but you also need to have casual sweaters Mm -hmm. and i i don't know i think it's nice to have
0: a little bit of everything well and also i'm becoming a self-proclaimed yarn snob which i'm not (laughs) really comfortable with because one i don't feel comfortable spending a large amount of money for every sweater that i knit and two i'm limiting myself to the yarns that I knit with. And that just seems so short-sighted because there are so many wonderful yarns in the world. So I'm trying to branch out, not necessarily in the acrylic direction, despite my Red Heart Soft purchase (laughs) on Saturday. But, um, you know, I'm going to experiment and see if I have an acrylic sweater, if I'll wear it. And I picked out a beautiful color of yarn. It's called grape, but I think it's more like a wine color than it is an actual purple grape color. And what was funny is I had my Freya work in progress in my bag <laughs> with me because i was looking for buttons and as i was walking around debating whether or not to buy this yarn i was carrying the four skeins around with right. me and i looked down and i said oh my gosh charlene look this <laughs> yarn is almost the same exact color of the dahlia that yeah. i'm using in freya so it i is. think that's another reason it i was attracted
1: yeah to it. it's a really pretty color it's really pretty and it, when you say red heart acrylic everybody has the instant everybody has (laughs) everybody has that instant squeaky reaction yeah and we did go over and we felt that squeaky red heart Mm -hmm. acrylic and that's not something that i would ever use for garments but this is a different type a different texture of acrylic yeah
0: yeah and like i said i used it for my grandfather's ipad case and i also am using it for a charity hat right now And I really like the feel of the yarn. I was surprised when I knit with it for my grandfather. I thought, wow, you know, I'm really enjoying this yarn. Well, I think
1: there are just like different types of wool. Yes. There are different acrylics. They feel different. I don't know anything about the manufacturing, but I can very much vouch for the fact that this one feels different from what I call squeaky acrylic. Yeah. You know, the kind that you have on your needles, and, yeah, exactly that would drive me crazy. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so this will be an inexpensive experiment too, because I had one of the Beverly's coupons and everything oh, right. else. So like right. fifteen dollars worth of yarn and a three dollar pattern. So See, I
1: think that would will be really fun to have a little little hooded vest that you can just throw yeah and it's over super everything. cute the pattern's super yeah. cute so
0: check out the pattern it looks like it's going to be easy yeah, i
1: think that'll be in my future as well
0: and the other thing i've been stalking is the honeybee cardigan from laura chow
1: oh i love that one
0: i love it too and we saw it on a human being at stitches in february and it was so cute because she modified it to be longer because the honeybee on Laura Chow's project page is cropped. Mm-hmm. Not really the look that is most flattering on my body. So <laughs> when I saw the longer version at Stitches, I thought, oh, my gosh, that is the cutest sweater. Yeah. So I'm thinking I'm going to actually use my Western Sky Knits Aqua yarn that I oh, bought at Stitches to a make that choice. sweater. Wouldn't that
1: be cute? That's a really cute choice. Yeah. So
0: I was yeah just thinking of that and cute it. I don't know if I cuted it or just faved it. I'm not sure. Last night I was thinking, you know what? I think that that is a perfect match. Yeah. I was going to use that Western Sky Knits for Laika. Right. But I just knit that pattern, so I really <laughs> want to try a different
1: pattern. So I think I'm going to do that. Yeah. There – well, I've seen another one. Debbie made one. Oh, did you? At the Swift Stitch. Debbie made has made that sweater, and I think she used Malabrigo Yarn in the stone chat colorway. Sock, probably. It's a fingering the, weight yeah, pattern. Yeah, probably so. sock. Yeah, oh. that's that stone chat color that, that everybody you have, loves. Yeah, you have everybody, I think everybody has made a sweater out of I stone chat. Yet. Well, everybody at oh. the Swift Stitch has, has made. It's a very pretty colorway. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, those are my two primary stocking patterns Lighthouse Keeper's Wife and Honeybee Cardigan. So, now on
1: to what are we actually knitting? <laughs> Okay, so two episodes ago, you heard that I was stocking the Bianca's jacket by Michelle Rose Orne, and I did jump into it right away, and I am knitting it, and it is another bottom-up cardigan.
0: Wait, right away, didn't you just cast on for that last week,
1: or was it two weeks ago?
0: Mm I thought you got the yarn last week. might have been last week. Okay.
1: I've just been knitting
0: pretty much exclusively on that. Okay, but it doesn't seem like it's been that long. Two episodes it ago was about a month. Well, so. that's when I was stocking it. Oh, okay, that's, that's right. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So I... I. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's okay. <laughs> that <distracted you. laughs> that's okay. I was just going to say, I realized that we had talked a little bit about the inexpensive yarn already, and I. that's when I'm... I, I have been in this mode. When I was picking yarn out for the sweater, I just didn't want to spend a lot of money. Number one, because I wasn't, even though I'm making the sweater because I've seen it on people and think it's cute, I just wasn't sure about it. So I bought inexpensive Norwegian 100% wool. And so it's your basic, basic wool. And I've actually used this wool before last year when I made, oh, the Cityscape sweater. Is that Laura Chow also? It is actually ha! two yeah. inches from the same <laughs> designer. That's funny. It is. Um so i used the wool before and it's just basic and I bought a purple and I've been changing up the pattern a little bit as I go. The the whole spontaneous modification. I, I love my, it. my whole attitude toward the sweater. I keep looking over there and the I'm, because I'm it's trying sitting to lean over
0: there. I want to see the, the shade of purple. Isn't it it's super bright, isn't it?
1: it? It's A royal purple, I think. Yeah, Yeah. And I don't know why, but my whole attitude toward this sweater is very casual. And even though I studied the pattern, read it beforehand, I've just been changing it up as I go. Good for you. So I don't know why. But the pattern was written... It's written bottom up, but it was written in pieces. So you knit each piece separately, including the sleeves... And then when you knit get to the yoke, she has you join everything. OK. The sleeves, are the sleeves seamed when you knit The sleeves in? are seamed, yeah. OK.
0: But are they knit flat, and then you seam them before you join them to the body?
1: I don't think so. But don't quote me on that.
0: Because... I'm sorry. I'm just an anti-seaming kind of person. Well,
1: <laughs> and that's just it. I couldn't, I, it, the, you know, maybe with the yarn, that's originally used for the pattern. You need seams to help stabilize it. Mm -hmm. I don't know, for this wool, and as casual as I'm taking this sweater, I didn't need seams, so I cast on for the fronts and the back on one needle, knitted in one piece up to where the sleeves are joined.
0: So you modified
1: it to be knit as one piece. As one piece. And then I knit my sleeves and then just last night, I knit my sleeves in the round. Oh. And then I kind of winged that too, just kind of figuring out how many stitches to find. It It's really casual. If it works out, it'll be amazing. <laughs> and <laughs> You'll then it I joined everything together two nights ago, I think. And now I'm decreasing in the lace pattern on the yoke. Oh, so you're in that stage where you had a million stitches
0: on the knee. Yes. yes.
1: And then I actually, one other thing that I changed was I added some short rows on the sleeve because I felt like that would make it fit better mm-hmm. over the shoulder rather than straight. And I think I'm going to add some short rows at the neck in the back too. I like that idea. Because it's very, it, it, it's a low fitting sweater. Which is this, you know, it doesn't necessarily bother me, but I just think it might stay better in place. I agree. If it has the short rows, because then I won't constantly be pulling on it. Hopefully. That's the plan anyway. Yeah. We'll see. Like I said, very casual approach to sweater knitting here. I'm excited (laughs) to see how it turns out. I am too. (laughs) So that's what, that's what I am knitting. So Gail, what have you been knitting? Okay, so I just
0: finished Freya last yeah. night, like 11, 15 p.m. or something. So you must be on
1: to your next Mad May project. I am. <laughs> I
0: cast on right away last night for the Camellia Shawlette, which, um, to remind everybody, is a very, very cute, free pattern by Meg Myers. And it's knit in lace weight yarn, and I'm using Madeline Tosh Prairie in the Lepidoptera colorway, which is a really pretty pink-purple blend and it has beads on it so i'm very excited about that however the cast on number was something like 383 stitches oh, or something so the cast we were on took almost until the midnight weekend, yeah. yeah i tried to cast <laughs> on last friday night and did the long tail cast on and didn't have enough of a tail, so I got to 300 stitches. And (laughs) And you needed 300 and something. Exactly. Mm. And then earlier today, I had a quiet hour to myself, and I cast on for the Enamored Stole by Laura Ayler. And I am so excited about that one. That is going to be knit in Madeline Tosh MCN Sport, MCN meaning merino cashmere nylon Mm -hmm. blend in the Smokestack colorway, which is a light, very pretty gray. Again, it has beads and the construction on that one is really cool. The pattern has instructions for both a triangular shawl and the rectangular stole. I'm knitting the rectangular stole. Mm-hmm. And that one had a cast on number of 451 stitches. Ooh. So I've cast, <laughs> I have I feel so accomplished because I actually got over the hump of casting on <laughs> the stitches for both, which was so yeah. intimidating. Yeah. and enamored is going to be really cool it starts from the bottom up Mm -hmm. and the bottom like six or seven rows are a ruffle which is a knit pearl ruffle that's really pretty it looks like a pleated ruffle when it's done then there's a vertical braid then there is a row that is framed beads so they look framed because they have a stitch on either side of each bead Mm -hmm. then there's another vertical braid and then the body of the stole and or shawl is knit with an eyelet pattern that's very delicate and feminine looking. And then the top is, again, a repeat of the ruffle. Oh, nice. And this is the one that Knitwit41, real name Shannon, knit with the Morning Dove colorway in Madeline Tosh that we both were swooning (laughs) because it's so beautiful. So I'm hoping to achieve similar beauty with mine. So my goal of Madeline Tosh May was to knit Freya, Camellia, and enamored. And I think I'm going to achieve that goal. Wow. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty pleased with my progress. Of course, you know, having said I cast it on the two, certainly doesn't mean they'll become FOs by the end of <laughs> May. But I have my fingers crossed. So that's what I'm knitting. Now, have you finished anything since the last episode? You probably have. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you heard me talk about almost being finished last episode with the ballerina shawl. Mm-hmm. And so since the last yeah. episode, I have finished that. Oh, you still it haven't it seen that in person. Oh, you haven't seen it? Oh, No, when we're I'll done recording, we I out, like yeah. to see that, yeah. And I've blocked it and worn it. Haven't taken pictures of it yet. Oh! But... <laughs> we'll take pictures after we record. <laughs> but it came out really nice. I'm very happy with the way that the edging came out. And I blocked it with some subtle little, not necessarily points, but little curve Scallops to it. Scallops, almost? Yeah, well, we were talking about this because... Sometimes you don't know how to block a shawl. Mm-hmm. And there were variations where people had obviously blocked it straight. And some people had blocked it with a little bit of curve on the bottom. And I blocked mine with a little bit of curve and you chose to block yours straight, your straight yep. right? So it, yeah, the same shawl, you can make it look a couple of different ways, depending on your blocking strategy. And we, at
0: some point in some episodes, should discuss blocking wires because you haven't tried them yet. I haven't
1: tried them Which either. I am amazed yeah.
0: that you haven't used them. And she <laughs> somehow she didn't know that I have some. I didn't so. even know. I saw
1: Gail's pictures of her ballerina shawl because I was, of course, studying everyone's edging on Ravelry to figure out how to pin mine. And I saw pictures of yours, and I said, When it was blocking. That looks like blocking wires. (laughs) I didn't know she had blocking
0: wires. So, yes, I have, and I'm going to share them with Charlene so she can (laughs) try them on her next project.
1: So, yeah, that has been the only thing that I have finished.
0: And I have finished Freya, and I also finished another little Mad May project, the Jane Hat, J-A-N-E, and that's a pattern by Jane Richmond, J-A-N-E. And it is knit in Madeline Tosh Vintage Base in the Turn colorway, which is that gray we both love. And it was a super quick knit. It's a slouch hat. I wouldn't. It's not a slouch beret. I don't want to call it a slouch beanie because it's not a beanie. <laughs> so just a slouch hat. And it's knit with the brim double layered. And then there's a really cool eyelet pattern for the body of the hat. That looks like a cable. Everybody who looks at the picture thinks it's a cable, oh. but it's not. It's simply an eyelet type of pattern. So right. completely easy knit. I knit it so quickly. I taught five of my training classes online last week, so I had knitting time while right. I was teaching those classes, so I whipped that baby out I pretty I remember quickly. you sent me
1: a little picture that showed me the hat almost finished after mm-hmm. two of your classes Yeah, or three of your classes, something like that. So, so
0: I highly recommend that pattern. It is a purchase for purchase pattern on Ravelry but it was great I will definitely knit that hat again cool yep so those are my two FOS. I'm super happy yeah okay so now we have some miscellaneous we'd like to talk about and I'm going to turn my crinkly paper to my (laughs) notes and I already told you about giving my ipad cover to my grandpa and that was super fun he was so thrilled with that And yesterday, Monday, May 14th, I woke up in a really bad mood. (laughs) I had a good Mother's Day. It was a great party at my mom's house. A lot of my relatives were there, and we had a really fun time topped by, oh, my gosh, s'mores. My parents have this little, like, pit barbecue that they got in the backyard, like um, one of those bonfire mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. and they got all the makings for oh, s'mores that oh, was That's a great, great idea yeah and one of my favorite snacks in the world are graham graham crackers, crackers. so That's... yeah mix that with <laughs> chocolate and roasted marshmallows and i'm basically in heaven so great mother's day party i was in a great mood all day sunday but monday morning i was just not in a good mood <gasps> so i woke up and i was kind of snarly <laughs> and went to my room all by myself because i didn't want to put everyone else in the bad mood. And I thought, oh, I need to do something nice to get this out of my system. So I thought, I'm going to give away a pattern on that Ravelry today. So cool. She
1: didn't even tell me no, that I she didn't was going to do that. I just did it. was did a it.
0: total surprise to me, too. It was a total I surprise that to me. Was excellent. I don't even know where the idea came from. It was just like a <laughs> brainstorm. So basically, what I did is I went and looked at how many members were in the group, mm-hmm. did a random number generator from two to 378, because we had 378 as of that time. And Random Number Generator gave me number 377. So the very (laughs) last person to have joined the Ravelry group won the free pattern. Her name is Alex, and her Ravelry name is Under Dutch Skies. Very friendly woman. She and I have chatted on Ravelry a little bit, and she picked out a gorgeous pattern. So if you're interested in seeing that, check out the thread on our Ravelry group, which I think I titled congratulations, free pattern or something. (laughs) So that was just my spontaneous giving love back to the knitting community because generally speaking, if I'm in a bad mood, there are a couple things that will almost always put me in a better mood. (laughs) First is exercise. If I exercise, I almost always end up in a better mood. And second is knitting because it just drains any stress and aggravation and anger right out of my soul. And I was thinking, well, it's 6.30 in the morning. I can't sit here and knit. That just won't work. <laughs> so what else can I do? I always get joy from the knitting community, so I'm going to give a little back. And it really worked. I was in a much better mood all day long.
1: That's great. And I have to add that Under Dutch Skies, a.k.a. Alex, she has a cute little ravatar with a little sheep or a U on it. It's
0: very cute. It is cute. <laughs> and she lives abroad, but we were PMing back and forth this weekend, which strange that her number came up after I'd just been... Sending messages back and forth with her. Um, she is going to be in California visiting because she's from California originally, and she's going to be at A Verb for Keeping Warm in Berkeley.
1: Oh, really? At a
0: Brenda Dane meetup. Oh, really? The weekend I'm in Spokane, Washington. Oh. bummer! <laughs> <laughs> so if oh, you happen funny. to be visiting your mom that weekend. Huh. So I have never yet been to the yarn store called A Verb for Keeping Warm, but someday I will go there because I've heard such wonderful things yeah, about we'll it. Yeah, we'll take a road trip. Yeah. So one other thing, I said Charlene and I were out gallivanting on Saturday, and we stopped at one of our local yarn stores called Yarns by the Sea in Aptos, California, and we were so busy looking down at the yarn that I didn't notice that there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hats strung along the entryway up, so slightly above head level, both sides of the entryway for probably like 10 feet on either side, and the entire, one of the entire windows was in an arc covered in hats. Handmade hats, there are up to 900 donated hats, and they're going for a goal of 2012, which will all be donated to a various group of charities, and they are in all yarns, all colors, all sizes, all patterns, it was the coolest yarn display I think I've ever seen because yeah, of the beauty of some of those
1: hats. It's just whatever hats people want to knit, whatever size, whatever yarn, and then they're tagging them all with uh, fiber content. And, and the
0: name of the knitter.
1: And the name of the knitter. And then I guess when they get to 2012 12. hats, then they'll just divide them up by to different size charities. to different charities. Right. Yeah.
0: And I noticed them originally because there were some in the window that a woman crocheted that were some of the most beautifully delicate crochet Mm. work I've ever seen. They literally looked like treasures you pulled out of your great-grandmother's hope chest. They were that (laughs) delicate and beautiful and stunning, absolutely stunning work. So I had to give a notable mention to Yarns by the Sea for that cool (laughs) charity collection they're doing. And then we had a question in our group. Someone asked, what is our favorite sweater construction? Mm. And if we have a suggested intermediate sweater pattern. So, Charlene, do you
1: want to start with your favorite construction? I can guess. (laughs) Well, right now, I'm knitting mostly top-down sweaters. And I don't know. I guess that would be my my favorite because it's what I'm knitting mostly right now. So you start at the neck, and then you cast on stitches for your fronts, your sleeves, and the back. Increase, increase as you go. Separate the sleeves out. Your body is knit in a tube, either back and forth if it's a cardigan or in a tube if it's a pullover. And then your sleeves are knit in separate tubes. And you're done. So that would typically be a raglan construction. Yeah. But set-in sleeves can be done. Yeah, I've done a couple of, actually quite a few, Wendy Bernard sweaters that are not raglans, but they're top-down also. And they have, I can't remember what, I think she calls it just top-down set-in sleeves. I think she does too. Yeah. But those are great too. It's mostly the top-down construction that I find really fun. And why? Why do I find, I guess because there's no seams and because you can try on as you go, which I love, love, love to do because I will try on sweaters every inch or so when I'm knitting, when I get close to the bottom where I want the length, when I'm trying to decide a length, I get really obsessive about that because I like you know <laughs> want the sweater to hit perfectly and I'm trying it on trying it on and it, I just love being able to do that and also you can maximize your yarn oh, if yeah. you feel you may come up short on yardage then you can decide if you want your yardage on the body of the sweater or sleeves of the sweater I just love being able to try it on as I go
0: that's Good my
1: favorite aspect of it I have to say What about you? Raglan
0: top-down construction is my favorite. Raglan specifically because I think that that looks best on my body. I I, have not knit many top... I don't think I've knit any top-down set-in sleeve sweaters, which I need to do that because I think the Honeybee cardigan might be set-in sleeves. I know it's top-down...
1: One you piece did. construction.
0: I did contiguous methods. Yes, you With did. Zephyr. Okay. Yeah. And I love the sweater and I wear it all the time, but it definitely does have a more military shouldery look mm. to it because of that method. And mm-hmm. it could be also because that's a very It looks a little
1: squarish. Yeah, that? exactly. Yeah. So it's yeah. not
0: as form fitting right. and flattering, I mm-hmm. would say, to my shape. Mm-hmm so definitely top-down raglan construction is my favorite regardless of who i'm knitting for myself Mm -hmm. my husband friends etc i love the way
1: the raglan yeah i love the way it looks the raglan shaping looks yeah i love it
0: so that's definitely my favorite construction and the second question was do we have any suggestions for an intermediate knitters sweater pattern hmm Charlene and I talked about this a little before we turned on the recording. (laughs) And I think anything by Hannah Fettig could be considered basic to intermediate, Mm -hmm. or almost anything by her. And Cecily Glawick-McDonald, also known as Winged Knits on Ravelry, she has lovely sweater patterns, and almost all of them could be considered intermediate or Mm -hmm. easier level, I think. Yeah,
1: I would agree. I think... I think if you're billing yourself as an intermediate knitter, what's probably happening is you are looking for something new, for a new technique, because you're probably feeling fairly confident with simple things and you're thinking, oh, now I'm an intermediate knitter, I need to learn something new. So I think the first thing to look at would be what technique do I want to learn? Do I want to learn cables? Do I want to learn a new construction, either top down or bottom up, or pieces or seaming? Or lace. Or, or lace. Look for that one thing that you want to learn, and then maybe look for a pattern that emphasizes that technique. And using the search functionality
0: in Ravelry, and Ravelry is yes. a huge, yes. huge bonus. I use that all the time when mm-hmm. I'm trying to look for something mm-hmm. specific regarding construction or yarn weight or yeah, if whatever you, the variation. And
1: if you haven't done that, it's under the Patterns. Go to the Patterns tab. And then under the search box, it says, use the pattern browser in advanced search.
0: And I usually do an intermediate step there. I click on the Patterns tab, and then in the middle of the right-hand side of the screen, they have all the categories listed. Oh, yes. Booties, socks, can, cardigans, can, whatever. I yeah. usually click on one of those first yeah. because I know, for example, I'm looking for a cardigan. Right. And then I click. Once That's, I've clicked Cardigans, then, then I Then you can do yeah. the advanced search. That's and Then on good. the left-hand side of the screen are several different right windows that let you narrow it down so you
1: can filter by yarn weight so if you already have yarn that you're working with you can filter by that has photo doesn't have photo knitting or
0: crochet free or for purchase right
1: and then attributes as in color work or type of construction so if you are looking for something new to learn that's where you could go under construction and there are it looks like about 20 options: bottom up, buttonholes, double knitting, gusset, seamed, seamless, selvage, short rows. And they also have a construction elements section, don't they? That that is it. Okay, they yeah. have.
0: There are two sections that I use frequently, and I can't remember the names for them. I apologize. They also have yardage. You can mm-hmm. search by yardage if you only have a specific number of yards of a specific weight. Mm-hmm. There are also gender. So, for example, if you know you want a feminine sweater, you would mm-hmm. select women's women as a gender. And they have size, too. So I often will select adult as a size because mm-hmm. I don't want to see 5,000 infant right. cardigans. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. And here is where, too, if you happen to have a lot of knitting books or a lot of knitting patterns that you have entered into your Ravelry library, you can always limit by patterns in my library. As oh, well. I so, forgot you could do yeah, that. Because yeah. I've entered all my so if you books you do So if you don't want to spend more money and you know that you want to knit from your own library, that's a, a good way to search. Oh, I love that. Thanks for mentioning that. I forgot.
0: <laughs> And we thought that this would be a good opportunity to give you all a little bit of background on our own knitting histories, because I know we have not done that yet, and this <laughs> and is episode 10. Yeah, people have asked. So, Charlene, when
1: did you start knitting? I started knitting, I believe it was January of 2002. You do even know the month. I I, <laughs> I do, because I, I think I felt like I wanted to start something new.
0: So it was like a New
1: Year's. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And it was, you know, January. So winter had just started. It was cold, a good time to start knitting. And I had, at the time, I had a toddler at home. I was also pregnant. And I have sewn in the past, as in sewing machine, seamstress type work. But You cannot have, at least in my house, you cannot have a sewing machine and pins and needles and sewing equipment when you have small kids. We have a small house, and if I want to sew, I need to clear off our dining table and set up the sewing machine there, and then I'll have to clear it off, to cut, you know, basically I don't have a dedicated space. Because the dining for...
0: table is also the homework table right, and the food right, table. Yeah, right, and I else. don't have a
1: dedicated space for a sewing machine. And if you have small children, you need to have, or pets too, you might need to have a dedicated space for sewing because... Pins and needles. Scissors. And scissors and buttons. Lots of things that are choking hazards are really, really attractive to toddlers. Mm -hmm. And little hands move quickly. And I just, I couldn't do it anymore. Could not do it. I didn't sew a lot, but it was one of the things that I did occasionally. And I, I really did. I put that aside when I took up knitting because knitting... I could just put in a bag and put it up someplace high Mm. where toddlers cannot reach it. So that's how I started knitting. (laughs) How did you start knitting?
0: I started in about 2004 after Charlene and I had already met and I started with cross stitch as my craft long long ago when I was still in high school and that graduated on to crochet and I love crocheting still you know blankets Uh and stuff like that especially and then I first started to try to knit in 96 when my first daughter was born. And that was a horrible failure because it was in Tarsha sheep. <laughs> so I picked this pattern. That oh my was gosh. I don't think you've difficult. ever told me that. <laughs> uh, so that was basically, I ordered it like a Mary Maxim
1: oh, kit wow. or something
0: and started it and got incredibly frustrated and was I don't even a know what happened. Yeah, it was the baby oh. blanket. So, um, knitting didn't happen again until about 2004 (laughs) and started with things like scarves and then um so i probably started earlier than that because then i started to want to knit a sweater and Mm -hmm. that's when i talked to i remember vividly Charlene being on the EFX machine at the gym and I was basically harassing her <laughs> with the book of the pattern. I'm like, do you think I can knit this? And she's reading the pattern. Well, sure you can knit that. And she was totally supportive. And that was a sweater I've mentioned in previous episodes that was so big with my malabrino oh, that I had to yeah. rip it out. But um, yeah, that was the
1: start. Well, and I have to say, similar to Gail, I crocheted previously. I learned to crochet as a kid. I did cross stitch Probably as a kid, and then off and on through high school, college, and as an adult, I think I cross-stitched occasionally, and embroidered. I used to really like to embroider. My grandmother was a really good seamstress. My grandmother is still alive, but she doesn't sew anymore. She could sew anything. Wow. My grandmother, too. yeah. Yeah. Anything she could sew, and it was just amazing to me, and... I, I wish I had that skill, but that was her main creative outlet. But she, my grandmother actually also crocheted. And when you were talking about the kind of crochet that looks like you take it out of your great-grandmother's hope chest, hope chest yeah. or something, that's the kind of thing my grandmother did. Wow. And I have these, I have a few lace pieces, and I didn't appreciate them until years and years later, because I always thought everybody could, these do, it, were, maybe. Everybody could do it. And I, I think as a kid, I thought they were done by a machine or something, because my oh. mom had boxes and boxes of this. And yeah, I did kind of think like everybody has a box of lace tucked oh. away somewhere. You know, it wasn't, I didn't appreciate it or didn't give it the value that a handmade lace piece should be afforded and deserves until i was older and realized wow grandma made this loop by loop painstaking (laughs) yeah 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 but it was i think that was her outlet too when she was younger so we've i've still got some pieces i think my mom has a lot of pieces that my grandmother made that's neat. My grandmother, yeah. she
0: was a quilter, so we oh. have, you
1: know, the baby blanket she made yeah. for each of the kids yeah. are still
0: tucked away in a safe yeah. place. And Yeah, nice. Yeah. And my whole family, I come from a large family of crafters, and I've always been the kind of person who I do not sit and watch TV mm-hmm. ever. When I'm sitting in front of the TV, I am knitting or doing something with my hands, and I recognize actors and actresses more by their voice than their (laughs) face because I'm listening more than I'm watching. So, And I have, in high school, I determined every single person important in my life must have something (laughs) that I made by hand. So all of the different craft phases I've Mm -hmm. gone through, I went through a short stained glass phase too. Everybody (laughs) in my family and all of my good friends have something I have
1: made them by hand. Yeah, because my mom also sewed, but as I was growing up, I remember my mom going through her macrame phase. Oh my mom. Needlepoint phase. hooked, Hooked rugs. Her she didn't do hooked rugs, but she did a kind of Russian embroidery that was made with little loops. Oh. And I remember when I was in eighth grade I had to do a project something to do with russia i can't remember what but mine was i did this russian embroidery for my project oh, wow. in eighth grade. i remember that that's cool <laughs> yeah. and so my mom has gone through all those stages and you know i pretty much followed her along with them i i had to try everything out too you know so it's kind of fun I, i've done a lot of things and i go into the big box craft stores and gail and i have gone together and, oh yeah, we've tried that, we've tried that, we've tried that. And it's really fun because we can do a little bit of beading, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Everything, everything's interesting. That's the, that's the bad thing. You go into a oh, big I think box it's good. store. It gives us well, you more... would just want to buy so yeah, much. That's, true.
0: that's <laughs> the bad part. And our kids too, Charlene's boys and my, well, my oldest not so much, but my younger two. Yeah. Both love all sorts of crafts. They you know, do. They knit, they, they crochet, yeah. they bead, they d- do it all. Yeah our big fiesta, our Mother's Day party, the biggest activity, fun of the day besides swimming, was tie-dyeing. Oh, how did I they brought come the t- out? It was great. Oh, awesome. Cool. We brought, I provided the tie-dye kit, yeah. and everybody brought their own t-shirts, and that we just fun. had so much fun. It was, I highly recommend that for any kind of birthday party mm-hmm. kind of activity where you have a lot of people. Beverly's had the t-shirts on sale, two for five dollars, and mm-hmm. the kit, that dies up to 15 t-shirts. I think I got it on sale for $8 or something. Yeah, that's so great. it went a long way. It was really fun and I have purple dye left over <laughs> because my aunt my aunt is in a charity knitting group, and they knit charity hats, and they get yarn donated quite frequently. And if it's not super washed, they don't use it. So she walks up to me with this Ziploc bag with two hanks of 50% cashmere, 50% wool, from that Newton's oh, yarn company yes. that has all the, the, the giant cones the yarns on at, cones. at uh, Stitches. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. And so I now have 700 and something yards of fingering weight cashmere wool blend, and it's white. So I need to process it and dye it. But it was like, wow, happy Mother's Day to me. Yeah. Lucky me, you yeah. know. So
1: fun. that was
0: cool. Now, what would you say your current skill level is in
1: knitting? You would call yourself advanced, wouldn't you? I guess I would. But I would think, I, I still think of myself as a learner. Oh, I think we're always learners. Yeah, um, I guess I would call myself advanced perhaps because I have tried a lot of techniques But perhaps more so just because I think of myself as not being afraid just to try things. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah? Yeah. I'm no longer
0: intimidated by a new skill. Yeah. If I I... want to do it, I'm not intimidated to try it. I'm still not gung-ho about wanting to try some skills (laughs) just because I don't like the finished look, perhaps. Right, right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I'm just not afraid to try new things. If I pick up a pattern and it's got a new technique... I never think, oh, I can't do it. I'm totally well, I'm willing afraid to do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. totally willing to jump in, and I have no problem with ripping things out too. You are very good
0: that way. You're so zen. It's <laughs> like, oh yeah, I ripped my sweater out, and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, you've been working on that for three days, and you ripped it. Oh yeah, it wasn't looking the way I wanted to. So yeah, I just I'm getting better about that.
1: Yeah, I, really I, am. I you know, having sewn clothes in the past. When you sew, you make that cut in your fabric, and you're done. From that point (laughs) on, your options to redo are limited by that first cut. You can always change the pattern up, but you can't go back. You don't have a clean slate. You can change the pattern up, but you can only change it based on the limitations of that first cut. Yeah, <laughs> Does that, that totally make sense? makes sense, yeah. But in knitting, wow, you can have a clean slate. Yeah, I just rip it out. <laughs> you rip it out and you can go back to the materials you started with. And even if it's a sweater that you've worn before or worn for a couple of years, as in my case, you can go back and get back to your base materials. You might have smaller skeins, but But you still still, have the yarn. You're still back to your base material, and I love that aspect. Yeah. I really do. So I guess, you know, I teach knitting too, so I do have a base knowledge. Oh, yeah. I do consider myself to have a base knowledge, and I do have a lot of knowledge about where to find information. If I don't know the answer, and you're quite likely to find things that I don't know, I can help you find a place to look it up because you can find anything about knitting in a book. Yes, that's
0: true, <laughs> or on the internet. Or on the
1: internet. yes. Yeah.
0: And I would say I'm definitely intermediate to higher-end intermediate mm-hmm. because, again, there aren't many skills or techniques that, one, I haven't tried, and two, that would intimidate me, the only exception being steaking, because I am going to do that on my <laughs> sweater this year, and you may have to hold my hand while, I, weep while <laughs> I use the scissors to cut into my knitting, because then you can't go back. So that's the right. exception. Right. So that one does still make me a bit nervous, but other than that,
1: I'm a pretty darn happy knitter. Yeah. yeah, and then, see, you know, even when I hear you say oh, I'm an advanced intermediate, part of me thinks well, what's the difference, really? It's I don't I'm it's hard to draw lines and distinctions. We just shouldn't categorize ourselves. We shouldn't categorize yeah. ourselves because I probably have a more specific knowledge of the types of things I like to knit, whereas another knitter might be at the same level that I am, but she knits totally different things. Oh, of course, right. So it, it it's all very
0: up subjective, and down, subjective.
1: Yeah. But like you, I'm really happy with my. Current level of ability, current level, current skill set.
0: But it's cool also to have a knitting buddy that you look up to because you're like my knitting hero. (laughs) Seriously, because if I have a question, you can always answer it or point me in the right direction. And I think of things like, Pattern modifications as being somewhat intimidating to me because I don't mm. want to spend hours knitting something that doesn't fit right. Well, I do that anyway. So, mm-hmm. what difference does it make <laughs> if I modify the pattern, right? If I have to rip it after rip it. And Charlene's just so casual about that, that it gives me the confidence that, oh, she can do it so carelessly. I can certainly <laughs>
1: try it. I mean, come on, Gail. So, I like that. Part well, of we being were a friend. We have, we have to explain. At, at one point, we had to stop recording. Because we had to plug in the computer or something and I pulled out this sweater and I did say to Gail, Well it's gonna be amazing if this turns out because Her work I, in progress. I sweater. changed Bianca's this jacket. and I changed that and as I was joining I realized I forgot to bind off some underarm stitches and so I just put another needle in there and bound off size. <laughs> Yeah. It's but you're like very that in casual. Gen- <laughs> this is more casual than you usually
0: are. Yes, but you are is. not intimidated at all by modifications.
1: Not usually. No. Not usually. And I think something about being able to try it on and modify as you go is the reason because I like those two to me go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. I like to if I try it on, I can kind of modify it as I go. But I think a lot of, well, maybe that too is when I learned to crochet as a kid, I never used a pattern because um, I didn't know how didn't to either. follow a pattern. Yeah, it so you know? it's just like you make it what you want it to be. That's <laughs> So there's a little
0: glimpse into our knitting history. And we have gone over considerably our normal length of time. We're at one hour and six minutes. We are? Oh but my goodness. I do want to quickly mention the knit-along. We've had a lot of great feedback in the knit-along thread, which is also the episode nine thread on our Ravelry group. And a lot of you are interested in a knit-along for the summer. So general information right now We are considering doing a yarn-based knit-along because we've had so many specific feedback mentions, like, I do want to knit a shawl. I do not want to knit a shawl. I do want to knit a sweater. I do not want to knit a sweater. We can't figure out how to please everybody. So what we are suggesting is a fingering weight knit-along. We don't care what you knit, as long as you enjoy knitting it. One project per person can be submitted as your FO into the knit-along. We'd be happy to provide all the help and support and love along the way to make you have a fun knit-along. And As
1: will, hopefully, other group members. Yes, that's <laughs> true. Other group me- members, I hope, will pitch in with the yes. answers, of course.
0: Yes. Um, Charlene,
1: hopefully I will encourage her. I was going to say precious a little Encourage her <laughs> to participate. I think, see, something like that. So general, fingering weight, I think I can handle that.
0: I think so, too, (laughs) especially we were considering general dates being end of the school year for um, academic year to Labor Day. So basically the summer vacation being the length and duration of the knit along and fingering weight yarn. And there are some prizes. The wonderful Evanston Michelle is her Ravelry name. Michelle is her real name. She's donating a skein of Wool yarn in the Franz WD colorway, which is a gorgeous blue and green mix. She's donating that as a prize for this knit along. Thank you so much. That is the coolest thing ever. I feel like we're official in some way. (laughs) And knitters rock. (laughs) Exactly. So that was one prize. I think that's probably going to be the grand prize. And then we have two other prizes with a funny story behind them sock blocker keychains. If you've never seen them, we'll put a link to them in the show notes with Regia sock yarn. We have two sets of oh, that, yeah. a sock blocker yeah. keychain and Regia sock yeah. yarn. So two sets of those to give away.
1: Now the sock blockers, do you want to tell the story? One of the years that Gail was living in France, we two sent, years ago. We sent gifts to each other across the pond. I believe I sent mine via My mom. your mom, uh-huh. and somewhere along the way, it got mixed up in her suitcase or it fell out of the envelope. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure quite what happened, but Christmas came and went, and I must—I can't remember if I had received yours first. My mom or... was probably bringing mine back to okay. to you. It was probably so what happened. So Christmas had came and went. And Gail didn't say anything, and I didn't know if she had got the present or not. And I guess at some point I must have said something. One of us did, right? Yeah, and Gail (laughs) said, oh, you know, everything got mixed up. I wasn't sure what was for me and what was for Josie. And it turns out that it was this, well, what I sent her was this sock blocker keychain and a bunch of little samples of yarn. Little fingering weight samples. Yeah, enough to knit this teeny-weeny little sock. Which is super cute. The sock blocker keychain. And I,
0: unbeknownst (laughs) to what she was planning for me, I had purchased a sock blocker keychain for Charlene for Christmas, which I was sending back with my parents when they went back to America. And it was so funny because christmas when they (laughs) arrived my mom's flinging gifts out of her suitcase at my children and whoosh here comes this cool little knitting kit and my mom said oh josie that's from your aunt and i looked at her and i thought wow, Julie really thinks Josie has some mad knitting skills, <laughs> so she thinks she can knit that, but that's a pretty cool present. And I looked at my mom and I said, that is the weirdest thing. I got that same exact <laughs> present for Charlene. So we didn't know we had purchased that for each other, and we'd each purchased one for ourselves. Yeah. So <laughs> we each have an extra now, which will be one of the prizes, since we're doing a fingering weight yarn-oriented um, you know, knit-along.
1: All that time and energy spent sending each other Back the sock blocker kit across
0: the pond. We didn't pay for post- postage because my mom was the the mule for us but um because it's a fingering weight project knit along the sock blocker keychains are little tiny fingering weight (laughs) weight socks that are the cutest things ever. they can be little (laughs) ornaments they could just they could even be a cell phone charm i mean they could be anything so it took me i think two or three hours to knit one and it was the first sock i'd ever knit and you do need tiny needles but other than that it's a really fun quick project they're fun they're fun. Those will be two of the prizes, and but it's just perfect after we is. tell that story. <laughs> it's so funny. I forgot to mention this, Charlene. To Charlene, so I'm mentioning this to her as I tell all of you. My husband was asking, "Oh, well, how do you give prizes for Knit Along?" And I said, "Oh, we do a random number generator." And he said, "How boring is that?" He said, "You should have votes for everybody's favorite project, and the favorite oh, project should win." Oh my gosh! And I said, "You know what? On Ravelry, we could do that with the love button. We could if you, if." We'll decide how how to do that. how
1: do you limit...
0: Well, each person can click love once, but you can't click love more than once or it undoes your love. Oh, that's... So, people could vote (laughs) for multiple
1: projects. It takes your love away.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you could click the heart to love multiple projects. But we could have, you know, the highest... Number of love votes wins the prize, which would be the Woolmiza. But if there were multiples, we'd have to have like a vote off or something. So we'll discuss that and see how to do it. But, anyways, those are the general plans for the knit along. We'll tell you more on the next episode. And we're going to wrap up now because we're well past our normal length. And thank you for the sweet, sweet compliments about how you like the longer length. Someone (laughs) actually recently said, I'm actually a little bit sad when they end. Oh, that was, I know, that was very sweet. I did say that. Thank you so much for listening. Happy, happy knitting, and we'll talk to you the next time. Bye bye.
1: You can find us on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniax.com. We have a growing Ravelry group, and you can follow us on Twitter at Yarniax. Goodbye, and good knits.